in this episode, I'm going to be speaking to someone that I definitely can't beat in a race. All right. Hello, 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 and welcome to uh, Michael Sano Has a Podcast. I'm Michael Sano of Michael Sano Has a Podcast. And today I have an awesome guest, part two of a series, so to speak. Um, I have Maria Fernandez from Gator University of Florida track team, SEC Division One. What's up and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, I am wonderful. After all the trials and tribulations of trying to get this on on the air <laughs> so we can record it, we're finally here. Um, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Yourself? I'm wonderful. I'm doing really well. And um, so you just got back from your uh, from visiting your family. And in the roster, it says you're from Doral, so you're you're from South Miami, uh, South Florida, Miami, yeah, right? Correct. I was originally How? born in Mexico City, but I grew up in Miami. Wait a minute, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first language is Spanish. So actually, I have something to say about that, and then so uh, deportes in. 60 segundo con Maria Fernandez. I did some research and that that's what I came up with on YouTube. You did this 60 minute uh, 60 minute news spot. Yeah. Um so the University of Florida has different news And programs. my Spanish is horrible. But so... I I understood everything. You got it. See. Um they so I used to have like a 60 second uh, news segment and they'd rotate us. Sometimes you'd do entertainment, sometimes you'd do like the actual news, you'd be an anchor or you edit, and then my favorite one to have every week was the 60 second sports segment. So that's so funny because I watched that and I was like, Holy crap, this girl sounds like Telemundo. <laughs> so this is like really like because your Spanish, your diction, everything is so different. So I all right, so my family, um my mother and my father are Mexican, so I'm half Mexican. Oh, uh, so yeah, fifty percent from Mexico City, and the other uh, half is Tejano. So we're like weird, Span weird Mexican. Where we're some people say, "Oh, you're not really Mexican." No, I swear to God, we you're are Tex-Mex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when I was in the army, I was in uh, the New York Army National Guard, and it was all. Puerto Ricans and Dominican guys, like almost all of them. And they were Blanco, Blanco. And and I was like, no, I'm Mexican. No, no, no. Too tall, too tall. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And then we went down to uh, Fort Hood in Texas. Mm -hmm. And at all, all of my people are like six foot tall. And they were like, okay, all right, you can get away with it. And I'm like, thank you. Gracias, I mean. It's definitely so, a thing. It happened to me when I got to college too. I'm I'm five. Technically, I'm five five and a half. I just say I'm five six, but that's pretty tall in the Hispanic world. You do I, the same thing my wife does. Actually, I'm five. So go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I grew up thinking that I was super tall. Like my teachers in Miami, my parents, my family. It was always like Maria's so tall. So I grew up believing that I was genuinely so 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 tall. And growing in school, like, guys are probably, like, 
you're a tall dude in Miami if you're like 5'10 and most of my girlfriends were like between like 5'2 and 5'3 sometimes they're not they don't even make it to five feet so when I get to college and I find out a lot of things I find out that I have an accent that I didn't know I had and I find out that I'm actually short like everybody called me tiny but in the sports world in general like, Americans are just like averagely like 5'8 so I'm already short and then come and during the university where everyone's a D1 athlete girls will be like 6'4 and I realized I'm so so <laughs> short oh my gosh well don't let it get you down because I want to talk about some of that I uh again in my research I came across that video but I came across another video um from Gator Track and in I think it was May what was this I have it here no March 2021 at the 1500 meter uh FSU relays mm -hmm. um holy cow man what did you eat that day because you took off you ran you ran that race and you won that race and that whole last stretch you're like just putting distance 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 oh my gosh she's taking off um one why is that the only race you have on i'm not trying to embarrass you i'm sure your other races are good too but that race was phenomenal um what was going on that day? I didn't even know that race was on video. Um, so I joined Gator Track and Field in 2018. I redshirted my freshman year. And then okay. we started racing. And then COVID hit halfway through my sophomore year. Oh. And that would have been my third year here. Yeah, in 21. Um, I don't know why it's the only race that's on there. but Well, they haven't done anything in a while. There yeah. isn't anything for the past couple of years. Their media team tends to lack sometimes. But honestly, I didn't eat anything different that day. And the time wasn't particularly fast. I think after COVID and some family troubles, I was in a really, really, really bad mental spot. And that race oh. was like something to prove to myself. Um, I was so nervous. I think that's probably like one of the most nervous races I've had in like my entire life. And it wasn't anything big. It wasn't a championship. It was an open air. It was a small meet. Like there wasn't any really anybody else. Like it wasn't huge schools. Um, but it was the first time that I felt like I was getting myself back into like racing mentality. Cause that past fall, so fall 2020 of that same year was just not good but i don't think anyone in my team had like the good mentality no, so it was like a season was, that was, was a barely tough time counting. for everyone and it was a season that wasn't like official like we got to race it and we raced championships but they still gave us the eligibility back so it was like no one i felt like no one was taking it as serious as it was well you were taking it very seriously that day it was awesome to watch <laughs> so it's funny because imogen has another race that's similar to that where she just winds up putting this big spread and then i see you do that and what's funny is i saw both of those videos after i saw you know the abby steiner wow videos from kentucky and i was like holy cow abby steiner she's amazing and then i saw you race and i was like wait a minute that's pretty awesome too holy cow she's oh. so Pat yourself on the back. You did a good job. Um, and so where did it all start, though? Where, so 
in the uh in the stats on the roster it says you're from Doral and it says you ran at Doral Academy. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with it. Um what's the program like and and did you just get into the program or were you running for years before that? Um I grew I come from a very big sports family. My dad played professional soccer. Um and my mom was oh, wow. her whole life and my grandparents were pro tennis players so sport is just like something that was always like instilled if anything it was almost like more important than school um (laughs) and no matter what like my whole life you had to be in a sport it didn't matter what it was didn't matter what you were doing but you had to be active so i i played like any sport you could think of except soccer funny enough my dad never thought of putting me in soccer (laughs) but um so i played field hockey all of middle school and before that i played tennis and then i my dad would, I think it maybe started in like the fifth grade. Like we just went to a random like community 5k, like a breast cancer awareness or like city of draw one. And I realized like, I kind of liked it. Like I would win like my age group and it's definitely wasn't something I was training for. And then I really, really remember in my fifth grade PE class, just like finding it so exciting to beat the boys. Like I was the fastest <laughs> fifth grade, but beating the boys was just like what got to me. Like I loved the competition and when I got to Doral, I got to Doral in seventh grade. It's a middle and high school. I realized that they had a track and field team and a cross country team. And I didn't even know the difference between the two sports. Um, but finally my freshman year, actually who is now eight years later, my current boyfriend, um, I had a class with him and he was on the team. He was older than me. And I think we talked about it one day and was just like, Oh, you should come out, join. And I joined the team and it was just like from there like i it was immediately wow. my passion i loved running every oh every yeah day. you should just join this division one sec team just just try out it'll be fine no no that was in high that's school. so that was in high school. oh all right all right <laughs> that was in high school and then got to like my junior senior year and like i knew like running in college was a thing but i'm a first gen student like I, so i didn't even know how applying to schools worked i didn't know what the NCAA was I didn't know about conferences I had no idea how big sports are actually like collegially in the U.S. until I was basically signing my my letter of intent with the mm-hmm. NCAA and then I started going on visits and even my dad came on with me to visits and he told me he was like dude what you're getting is like bigger than a lot of professional teams get in other countries like this is insane you have to do it so I ended up committing really late. Actually, I committed April of my senior year to UF. Wow. That was going to be my question. You're from Florida. You're a Florida native mm-hmm. and you became a Gator. Was that your first choice or did you did you have aspirations for other schools? Um, yeah. So- for me, I love Florida. So the fact that my son's a Gator this year. Did you go to Florida? Um, I'm at Florida right now. I'm in the graduate program for uh, applied physiology and kinesiology. Oh, awesome. And I'm going to be moving on to my doctorate um, in the health and human performance uh, college. So stick around. You'll you'll be seeing awesome. more of me. So. We'll, we'll see what comes of that. Um, my options. I, I really only looked. I talked to some out of school states, some out of state schools, but I really just wanted to stay in Florida. I've always. I'm from Mexico City and I'm from Miami, so I felt mm-hmm. like I was definitely like a big city girl, and I was so scared to end up in a little town. <laughs> and I'm super. I feel like I'm super Hispanic. Like I'm very much of my culture and of my people. And 
it sounds weird, but like Miami is like not the United States. Like I had maybe, maybe met two Americans. Trust me, I know exactly what you're met talking about. Met two Americans before I started going on college visits. And so I started going on visits. And I just felt so out of place. I was like petrified of leaving. And in Mexico, you don't really leave your house until you're married. So it was like super <laughs> strange that I was leaving my house at 18. And I felt like a kid. My mom encouraged me and she told me that worst case scenario you don't like something you come back but you're never gonna know if you don't go for it so i saw fsu and i loved fsu and then um the only thing was we'll let that slide we'll let that slide yeah yeah go on they had a huge team like imagine a cross-country team where only five girls score they had 40 girls on their roster whoa so it was like you like how much attention are you possibly gonna get like how much effort are gonna go into you and not to the girls that are already like at the top you know so, and I really liked at the time their coach was Kelly Phillips and she, I, I had a female coach in high school and mm-hmm. I think throughout my life, honestly, it just ended up being that for every sport I played, I ended up having a female coach. So field hockey, it was a female coach. Tennis, it was a field coach. Like everything was female coaches. So I grew up in a heavily, heavily matriarchal family, mm-hmm. strong grandmother, uh, strong mother aunts all of that so i know exactly where you're coming from and the thing that most people don't get is when you have that matriarchal aspect to it you're not getting away with anything at all oh my gosh no yeah produce 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 perform 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 yes ma'am so i know exactly where you're coming from and it it honestly was a hard thing about adjusting to coach Zelensky here because mm-hmm. one i i really feel like guys are like scared to push women as much as they do like i saw his streaming with the men's team be very different to the women's team and just like different topics like he he was always kind of awkward whenever like any girl topic came up um <laughs> but i also think he he was I don't know. I just, when I had a female coach, like, I she would not let me stop. She's like, if you haven't passed out yet, like, there's no reason to stop. <laughs> so, it was definitely very different to adapt to. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That is so great. I have my list of questions here. So, if I look down. Um, all right. We covered the first two questions. Now, one of the things that I wanted to cover is... Um, so you've got that you've got that race that you went in. You said you had a lot of stuff on your mind. Um, so my jam with applied physiology and kinesiology is sports slash performance psychology. That's where a lot of my research mm-hmm. um, takes place. So we can classify the feelings, the emotions you were experiencing before that race as fears and anxiety. Um, would -hmm. you say that's correct? Yeah. All right. So how do you compartmentalize that? How do you put that in a box in the back of your head before the, how did you do that before that race? And was it any different from the way you do it in any other races? That's a Um, big question. Sorry about that. (laughs) There's, that's definitely one of the things I analyzed about my career throughout the years. Like in high school, it was, I would almost call it like panic. Like there was multiple times before the line, especially in cross country, because cross country hurts so much more than track, um, 
where I would like almost be in tears at the line of like, oh my God, I, like just the fear of how much pain you're about to go through. Like it's not, it's not like an, a performance anxiety. It's just, you know how much hurt is coming your way. And the burning lungs, the burning legs. Yeah. All it's just that. like all over. And distance and distance running is different than sprinting because when you sprint, like you can physically point at something that hurts that so you can be like, all right, my hamstrings are really tight. Like my, my quads aren't picking up. But in distance running, it's just like, there's nothing to point at. It's just, everything hurts you're just so fatigued it, it's miserable i definitely say that distance runners are like masochists but um <laughs> when when if I you to... go on brooks running uh-huh. and their uh their their instagram there's this woman who does some really funny posts about that you got to go check it out on i'll send instagram? them over to you so yeah this. oh it's worth it i'll go see this but yeah, so at some go point, on. In, uh, you eventually have to compartmentalize that fear and turn it into like your friend. It's almost like, all right, like if I'm not hurting at that point yet, that means I have more to push for. And it's, that sounds kind of crazy when you say it to non runners, but um, no, it's so I was in the military. I told you that. So yeah. I was in the Navy for six years and then I was in the Army for four years. And running was just a part of everything we did. Mm -hmm. And I came up with this stupid thing. It's so dumb. But it's called the idiot giggle. And it's just where you're like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, this hurts so much. All right, got to keep going. You know, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I do know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know if it was precisely oh. a giggle, but it, that definitely goes through everybody's head. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm doing this right now. Um, but yeah, and then eventually, like, y- you have to turn all those, like, fears and anxieties, like, previous to a race into the second that gun goes off. It's just, like, adrenaline shoots. And you, you feel it burn from, like, head to toe. And you kind of go numb. Like, I I can promise you that I feel like if you talk to anyone who's run crazy times, like, most people's PRs... Um, people don't remember the races like you're in so much pain and so much adrenaline that it it just like you kind of black out like I don't have a memory of a lot of races like you can I can remember when I finished and when I started but a lot of in-betweens like my coaches will tell me like why'd you do this or why'd you do that and I'm like what I'm like when did I do that yeah (laughs) well actually what you just said accounts for something specific so I was re-watching the the uh the race before we did this because i had to get the date and everything and i said i'll just watch the race again and i thought about it and this is the bastard in me i'm like why don't you just elbow them when they try to come around you and i was like that's so horrible you can't do that but then i was like i wonder if people do do that and then based on what (laughs) you just said do they even remember doing it yeah they might not but it's definitely a thing like i i've had to like it's happened in races. If a if an official <laughs> were to see it, they would definitely call you out, and you probably get the cute. But especially in cross country, if you've ever seen the start of a cross country race, it's hundreds mm. of girls running against each other. You have to. If not, you're gonna get trampled. There's no way to move forward if you don't. Oh my gosh, that's insane. But so, putting all that away, you just sort of rely on basically biochemical the biochemical aspect of your physiology taking over and removing the psychological aspects of it it's almost like a light switch that gun is yeah but i've always thought and i i came to learn this that i think most races and 
are just determined like the 10 or 15 minutes before a race like yes physiologically that's gonna happen like wow. if you're in the right mentality when the gun goes off you will feel the adrenaline shoot but there's definitely been races where i just couldn't get myself to be focused enough before a race to be like in the zone enough that when the gun went off like i still felt very much like aware instead of just like zone yeah you know no. and no, those totally those races kind of suck because you're way more aware aware of how much you're hurting and it's way harder to push through it um but yeah definitely like the it's 90 percent mental like you could be top of the world class fitness and if you can't get your head to push yourself to it it's not gonna happen now based on what you just said does being first second or in the pack affect any of that meaning when you're up front and there's no one in front of you and you're just you know murder in that lane horrible phrasing but when you're just going after that lane is there nothing in your mind when you're second is there nothing but that other person i gotta get around them when you're in the pack are you more prone to all these people oh my gosh i'm doing poorly i gotta get out of this i think you have to learn to condition yourself to whatever position you're in to rewire it to think that you're in the best position you possibly can be. So, for example, when okay. I'm in first, my That's pride awesome. is never going to let someone pass me. Like, if I'm in first, I, honestly, it was probably, like, my best place to be in. Because you have this fear of, like, someone literally chasing you down. Like, picture, like, an animal hunting you. They can see you, and you can't see how far away they're from you. And you can't turn but around. But you that's, can hear them behind you. Depends how far they are. kicking the... Oh, yeah, all right depends how far they are sometimes you can't and then if they start kicking you can't tell when they start kicking but they can see when you start kicking and it's a rule in running you cannot turn around someone who turns around to see how far the next person is behind them was that's just like the most cowardly thing you can do in running so that's one position number two you have to feel you have to be like all right i'm so confident i'm just gonna ride them and they're gonna lead me to it they're gonna be doing all the work and whenever i feel confident enough i'm gonna go but you have to have that shot right around them yeah and then i feel like if i'm anywhere in the pack my high school coach once told me to play like especially in cross country like kill shot games so like video games whenever you pass someone it's it's a kill shot like i'm winning a kill shot done so then you i I would kind of just play a game in my head it'd be like all right next 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 and it got you eventually to the front. It's scary because a lot of the things that I second guess myself saying, like murdering that lane, um, kind of feeling a kinship with you right here with that kill shot thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right. Now, this is uh, an important question. Race days training days Mm -hmm. so we're talking about mental state what's the difference and there's it's it's really easy to say fight like you train it's really easy to say train like you race but there is a difference there is a difference do you and and does making it inter-team more competitive help with that or is it just a totally different feeling personally i think that no in our team it helps a lot more when you guys aren't competitive against each other when you guys are on the same page because it means that i'm at the same fitness level as you so if you're for some reason 50 meters in front of me i know that i should be up there um 
I feel like that's almost more encouraging. And you, because you train with them, you know that you're hurting just as much as the next person and that they are, you, you know, them as humans, not just as a competitor. So you know that they have thoughts behind what they're doing. Um, and then difference between race day and practice, everybody will always tell you and coaches will tell you like, oh, it's just another race or it's just the, think of it like another workout. <laughs> But it's bull. I don't agree. I, I think there definitely <laughs> is a difference. I, I think the main difference is there's definitely similarities. One, you have to train like you want to race. So if at practice, you are supposed to hit a split 74 or 400, but you start to hurt. So by rep 12 of the 400s, you start to be like, oh, whatever. Like I can just, I can go run like 71, 72s. Like it'll be fine. And you start to give up. You're all you're conditioning yourself for when race day comes and it hurts to let go of the gas. So you shouldn't like that. It's more like mental training than physical. You're training your brain to be able to react in race day. So if you're being passed to react and go with the person, because on race day, there is not that much time to think like it's there's no time for analysis. Like your body just goes. It's instinct. So you have to train that instinct. Um, But there that that's mainly the difference and of course like the main difference is competition like like i said like i feel like you shouldn't necessarily feel like this rivalry within teammates at practice you should i think it should definitely be more of like a camaraderie thing but the uh, dr- the adrenaline that you get on race day will never be like any kind of adrenaline that you get at practice because if i practice like if i get hurt or if i it's just not my day like it's not the worst case if i can't finish a workout it is the worst case if i can't do it out of race you know like the stakes are never the same so i think so the clock name. the clock basically takes on a totally different meaning on race day versus trying to get a pr versus trying to hit a time in practice that clock on race day up on that board is is it that's the only thing yeah and really and, and it's your like competitor yeah it's the the end time like at least for, i know a lot of runners usually like look at it at every split or like every lap or every mile marker but i honestly always like struggle with that so much like it wasn't on purpose i just didn't see it like and that was good like it was good that i was focused enough that i wouldn't like look to the side i had no idea what the time meant and throughout my entire running career i made it a point to never know what splits meant like most girls will know like okay if you run like an i still don't even know that like, if you run like an 80 it means like you're running like a 525 mile i never wanted to know that like if coach was like go run a 70 i'd be like all right i'm doing that i have n- i have no concept <laughs> what that actually is and it was, I think awesome. it made it so much better because when i found out that like the splits coach was telling me to do for a race and what it translated for a mile i was like oh my god the mile time sounds so much harder than you just telling me to run an 80 <laughs> So that's funny because I do for my workout, for my counts, I do a Marine Corps count, which is one, one, two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five, or, uh, like one, one, two, one, 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 two, two. And people were always asking me, why, why do you do that? Mm -hmm. Why do you do what's the reason behind that it feels like it's gonna it's just confusing and i'm like no 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 you knucklehead i only have to do five push-ups in my perception when i'm actually doing 10 push-ups doing 10 push-ups feels harder 
doing 20 push-ups feels even harder than that. But if I'm doing one, one, two, two, five equals 10, 10 equals 20. And they were like, oh my gosh, that's so smart. I'm going to start doing that now. Yep. You definitely have to trick yourself. It's, I'm telling you, it's all a mental game. Like you have to learn how to brainwash yourself, how to ma like manipulate yourself. Like it is insane. The lengths that my brain can go to, like if I want to convince myself to, that something didn't happen, I can prompt, like I can erase it from my memory. Oh my gosh, man. That is so awesome. It is the rule. All right. Last question. Um, and it is, it's actually a simple one. What's your, uh, what's your training regimen, your diet, um, and your rest and recovery? My training looked like I was running about 50 to 60 miles a week. Honestly, every season that I was at Florida, it changed. Um, I mm -hmm. think coach Zelensky was kind of, I was his first recruiting class. So he had coached wow. before, but not congratulations. Florida. Thank you. He had coached before, but not at Florida. And we, he tried to do different things. And I think the one that I saw worked best, at least personally, was to have Monday, Wednesday, Friday workouts, but Friday workouts were like something lighter, like more of like, mm -hmm. um, just like turnover or something like that. Like not the most taxing things, just like pace work. Um, okay. Yeah. And then Saturday long run. Slower tempo slower percentage of heart rate and all that stuff yeah maybe like like race pace but like race pace like in a shorter distance like 400s or 200s and that that makes it like so much more doable and then do long run sunday and then i i mean long run saturday and usually my sundays were uh like rest and recovery sometimes he'd have us do like shakeouts sometimes i would just like to do shakeouts like if it was like nice weather or like someone invited well, describe me, what a shakeout is describe what a shakeout a is. shakeout run would just be like a 15 minute run a 20 minute run just to get your legs moving so you kind of like shake out any fat and honestly it's just cramps like, and all that stuff. i just i just took it as like an enjoyable run like an, a run where i don't i don't have a purpose like i'm just like enjoying so i'd like go run with like a non-runner friend or go run just sometimes i'd like just trick myself and find like a 400 meter loop around the neighborhood and just do it and see how many <laughs> times i could do it in 25 minutes like stuff like that um diet Oh, and so, so a lot of days. We well, hold on. Out. Back up, back up, back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. What outside of running and outside of mileage, are you swimming? Are you doing any um, resistance work for your legs? Some of this work is sprinting. So are you doing any uh, arm and shoulder work yeah, in order so to really put some where, strength into those drives? Yeah, there would be days where we'd end up working out like three times a day because we have workout or run in the morning and then we have weights like at 2 PM and then we have to do another shakeout at night. So, um, yeah, we do weights. We do a lot of Olympic lifts. UF does a lot of Olympic lifts, mostly with their Olympic sports. So like cleans, uh, split squats, uh, snatches, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, we, I, I personally, I didn't really like doubling and running as much just because, mm -hmm running can get old like imagine running three times a day so <laughs> i had to find myself you have to find a way to make things enjoyable so i would really like to go for swims i liked swimming a lot so i would just go for 30 minute swims or sometimes if i had to replace something i do like an hour swim or something like that or some days you want to just lazy it and i would just play netflix and get on the bike at the gym you know <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect all right now uh nutrition i actually i feel like throughout the years in college i saw a lot of eating disorders and i'm so thankful that i never 
ever went anywhere near that. Um, but I can definitely see how it's so easy to end up in that. You know, you see pro runners and everybody's very lean and that's not the reality. Like, yes, they're lean, but they're lean because they've ran for 20 plus years and eventually your body does that, you know, but you have to be able to put everything back in than you're exerting because if not, you're going to crash and burn. And it might work and it has worked for a lot of runners that under eat and under fuel for uh, six months and for those six months they'll get crazy times but the damage that you're doing to your body long term is not worth it like you're bound to have stress fractures stress reactions injured joints i i never really understood that but i saw it a lot with teammates and a lot of it like just in the running world in general um i always try to see food as like something so enjoyable i I'm, i feel like i'm very cultured and i love trying things like everybody says i have a super weird taste palette taste buds but I kind of had like the idea of it. Like I had super informed that I had to eat a certain portion of carbs, a certain portion of protein, a certain portion of veggies. But it was more like what it could do for me than counting or measuring any of the above. Like I and your I, body will tell you what you when. Need. Yeah, it's weird. Where I'm like, I need meatballs right now. Yeah, and it, it always has right a meaning now. behind it. Like, if you're craving red meat, you might be, like, like low in iron. If you're craving, like, salami or prosciutto, like, you might be low in sodium, you know? Mm-hmm. Your, body's, your body will ask you for the things that it needs. I definitely, I believe I believe a lot in, like, holistic stuff. Um, I Supplements, I took iron most of the time because just you have to have a really, really high t- count as a distance runner, and if not, you definitely see how your performance that's one of the things we learned in our nutrition is that um female athletes definitely need are at risk of of iron deficiency so it's actually really freaking awesome that hearing you recognize that and i hope that that's something that's sort of socially public um throughout the program yeah it's definitely something that gets not pushed on us but definitely encouraged um, there were times where like my iron count was lower and you can feed it in workouts immediately. Like I, I didn't have to get my blood work done to know that I was low on it. Like you'd be doing a workout and you'd feel fine. And then at rep three or four out of 10, when you know that you should feel fine, all of a sudden, like you physically can't move any faster. Like you just feel exhausted and fatigued. And it's because you're don't have enough iron to transport oxygen fast enough throughout your body, you know? Um, I am so impressed by you right now. That is so awesome. Why? Like totally. Uh, the, you understand the mechanisms and, and all of that. I'm like in a program where we learn the mechanisms and you're just spouting them out a, as common knowledge. And I'm so impressed. I, that's I think really that, good. Honestly, that's probably something fairly common within runners. Like you spend so much time. Your entire sport is just your body. You spend so much mm-hmm. time learning and listening to it. Like whenever I go to a doctor, I'm sick. Like I'm like, listen to me. Like no one is more in tune with my body than I am. I've spent so many hours with it in like the most brutal of conditions. Like I know what it's asking me to do. And same thing whenever like something hurts or something gets injured. Like I always, I ask a lot of questions. I like to be informed as to like why and how, what it can do to make it better. So whenever an athletic trainer was like working on me, like I'd be like, okay, explain it to me. And why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? That's good. That's excellent. I need to see more people doing that just like you. That's really great. Um, Finally, recovery. When do you go to bed? How long do you sleep for? 
Um, and what do you do to rest your muscles, your bones, your tendons, your ligaments, and um, your brain? Ice baths were really popular. It's like it was also like a social time. A lot of us would just get in after practice, um, and I like them. It's also like a mental exercise, you know, because it hurts. Uh, oh my gosh! But then whenever it got cold outside, f that. I was not getting anything. <laughs> I was getting a recovery boots. <laughs> I was not going to be touching because it was also the best feeling to like go in the ice tub and then go in the hot track and just lay in the sun for a while and have it warm it up, warm you up. Um, if anyone's watching this and it's a runner or you want to run, sleep, please sleep. Like you have no idea the difference that it makes. And it took me way longer than I wanted a minute to discover how much sleep mattered. Like there, I I suck. Like I, I usually go to bed pretty late and your body can't handle it when you're waking up at 5 30 a.m to go run every no. single day and then you have classes you don't have time to nap um so you end up falling asleep earlier but when i actually like did the experiment and went to sleep and got like my full eight hours of recovery the energy that you have is so different like i cannot explain like you need to experience it it a hundred percent is what re resets everything in your body totally um all right uh that's pretty much it, Maria. This has been awesome. Um, I really appreciate this. And thank you for going to all the trouble to get all of your devices to work so that you thank can Thank you for here. your patience so much. Thank you for your patience. Not a problem at all. All right, uh, everyone. This episode, as usual, was brought to you by Sea and Land Fitness. You can... Uh, Get all your gear by going to www.seeandlandfitness.com. And thank you so much. And we'll see you guys soon.